It's time to listen to a teaching of the Vivify Ministries. It is our joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Alright, here we go. Who is excited? As in, I really hope you guys are excited to be here because I am. Um, I mean, it definitely has been a long week, but... It's always beautiful when we gather together and fellowship and, you know, study. So, like I said earlier, my name is Damlola Olojede and um, I'm going to be leading us in Bible study this evening. And the topic for today is Dogged in Evangelism. Yes, yeah, so we're doing the Multiply series and today we're talking about being dogged, right? Um, if we remember our last week's teaching very clearly for those of us who were around and if you weren't around not to worry I'll do a brief recap um, but you know PK spoke a lot about the urgency of the gospel how you know it is very important there are a lot of people who need to hear this truth who need to know about God and know about his love but they just need someone to tell them I mean Romans 10 says if you know how would they believe if they have not heard and how would they hear if you know we, we don't go to preach and then he goes on to say beautiful at the feet of those who would go forth and preach the good news and I tell you I have a, I have beautiful feet because I know that I'm going to be the one who will go forth and preach the good news and I hope you have that in mind too so just write it down um, I I have beautiful feet and I will go forward to preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, you know, really just delving right back into that recap for last week on the urgency of the gospel. You know, um, let me bring it home, bring it to some things that are happening around us, you know, um, really just around us. This end SARS campaign. Um, I was reading an article and the writer said a lot is happening in the world there are continuous cycles of poverty, violence and injustice like things are happening and yes we would protest yes we would go for it, we would do the good works we would actually you know help feed the poor, help you know make sure that things go fair but really that is not the long lasting solution if you understand the gospel that saved you as a believer we look on um, life generally with the lens of eternity. So in as much as, yes, we can solve these things for the now, think about the future. Think about the eternity that is ahead of them. Think about those who have died in the course of this protest now, for example. The people who are, we are even protesting for. Think about their lives. Think about, you know, if what if they weren't even sure of where they were going to go to. I see that I have lost a couple of close friends in my short time being alive. And the joy I had, even after all was said and done, was that I knew they were going to be with the Father. What happens to those of my friends that I know that aren't? And these are the kinds of thoughts that I want you to have at the front of your mind as we go through this study. I want you to know that the gospel is urgent. People need to hear these things. People need to hear this gospel. This is too good to be true news. Hallelujah. Because if they don't hear, they won't be able to believe. Right? And really, I just want us to um, open up with this scripture. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, yes, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 11. That's where we're reading from. 
right uh, it's a train of thought and i want you guys to follow me because this would really guide your understanding of this um series as a whole and even drill it down to what we're going to be talking about today and the title of it on my bible says we are god's ambassadors and i'll be reading from the nlt version second corinthians chapter 5 verse 11 says because we understand our fearful responsibility to the lord we work hard to persuade others god knows we are sincere and i hope you know this too we are commending ourselves to you again no we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart if it seems we are crazy it is to bring glory to god and if we are in our right minds it is for your benefit either way christ loves christ's love controls us since we believe that christ died for all we will also believe that we have all died to our old life i'm going to stop very quickly and the things i have read i want to break it down so you guys understand and i'm not just reading to the wind um you know there's something that really struck me from what paul was saying here he says are we commending ourselves to you again? He said, no, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. Um, I tell you guys something. Whatever you do in your Christian walk, is, the action is just as important as the heart that you're using to go about that work, right? Um, First Corinthians 13 at the beginning Paul was explaining he said even if I give my body to be burnt like I give my body out to the dogs I, I, I work in thousands of miracles if I have no love in me I am nothing and you know there are times that they'll talk about evangelism and you'll hear it from the lens of ah you know there are crowns of righteousness that you're storing up you know your house in heavens are going to be bigger the point I'm trying to say is it's not that shouldn't be your drive. What we do primarily, yes, are we going to are we looking forward to the time where we would go to heaven and meet the Father and He would give us a tap on the back and say, Well done, faithful servant, you have done well. Oh yes, definitely. But then it is the heart, like <laughs> the heart behind the action is what the Father is looking at. That heart of love. That heart that that like really wants to see souls saved right and then i tell you something there's going to there's a huge difference when you just do something out of obligation and when you do it out of love and if you want to be dogged i tell you love plays a huge role before i jump ahead of myself i just wanted to um highlight that it's not about oh having that spectacular ministry of maybe having your name on the billboards or everybody knows that you are doing this or doing that it's about your heart a heart that understands the need for the gospel and one that is willing to take it to the ends of the earth. I wrote something down. I said, if you truly understand what you believe and its weight, you'd understand how important it is, right? When you understand that if you didn't believe, the, the eternity that you're looking at is one of damnation, right? A person who doesn't believe doesn't have that glorious eternity ahead of them. Then you would think of people on the lens of eternity. And let me finish up that scripture I was reading just so I don't go ahead of myself. Um, so we have stopped evaluating others. Verse 16 says, um, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. 
At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. I read that beginning part again. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Yes, you see people around you, but we're not just looking at them like as random humans. Oh, yes, everybody's going about their business. But then we're looking at them as believers. We are to look at them with eternity in view. I believe that's what the scripture was trying to explain. When Christ came, yeah, he was just born into the world. And it seemed like he just came in as a normal child, a miracle one. But then what he came to do was revolutionary. And when you think about Christ, you can't just think about him as, oh, that miracle child that was just born. You think of him from, oh, he came to die that many might turn to Christ. And so we look at others from that view. So one has already died for our sins. So these ones don't have to die any longer. Right? We look at people from that eternity point of view and i go on to verse 18 it says and all this is a gift from god who brought us back to himself through christ and god has given us this task of reconciling people to him for god was in christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ's ambassadors. Guys, if you're excited by what I just read, like, I really hope you're, you're excited. I will say it again. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. Do you know there are so many people out there who don't even know that God is at peace with them, that God is not counting their sins against them. There are a lot of people who need to just hear this message, that message of God is not angry at you. God loves you. Ha, guys. <laughs> we need to preach. And yeah, I will just go straight into the points that, you know, I have for us. What does it take to be dogged? What does it take to be dogged? Right? Um, I think from what I even just read, there are some very obvious steps that are there, you know. He said, we have this message of reconciliation in our hands. When you think of it as a message, you know you are to speak it out, right? So my first point is preach. And not just preach. Preach passionately. Preach passionately, guys. Preach passionately. I was explaining at the beginning of all of this how that, you know, the way you do a thing is just as important as the thing you are doing in itself, is your heart in it? That's the question. And you want your heart to be in it because, guys, it's a joyful message. It's a great news, one. And also, two, because you love the hearer and you want the hearer to know, to know that God loves them. Ha, to know that God loves them. So, guys, number one, 
preach passionately. How can I be dogged with my faith? Preach passionately. When you meet up with a person, you want to present the good news to the person. Imagine if, very <laughs> funny illustration, you just got a million dollars and then you were to tell your family, like so maybe you, you got it. For example, those who went to BBN now, they said that, ah, you guys, you didn't just win. You and your entire family are going to go to Cape Town for like a year, all expense paid trip. When you go to your house, you're going to go home with so much excitement. Ah, mommy, daddy, this, 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 this. I don't say, my child, God bless you. This kind of thing. There is an evident joy in how you pass across the message. Now, our message is a message of love. It's a joyful one. Yet it's also a message of love and it needs to show in the way you're teaching this message to the people. It needs to show with the way you pass across this message to people, right? I've heard a story once of a young man who is now a renowned preacher. And, you know, he said that before he got saved, he had this person come talk to him, right? And then this lady, sorry, the lady was crying every day to him. Guy. As in, I want you to know God. You need to, like, you know, abstain from this. She might not have known much, right? But she, she gave it all she got. And the way she was persistent about, you know, going back to this guy to, to teach him and, you know, just talk to him about God and the love of God. Man, it, it pulled it, it tugged at his heart. He's like, what is this? Like, what is, what is this woman on about? I need to know. I need to find out. And trust me, boy, did he, he, when he found out what she was up, like what she was saying, right? It was, it was very awesome because this person is Andrew Womack. And I'm sure you know Andrew Womack. Like a lot of us would know Andrew Womack. He, he's, he's now a very renowned preacher, one who is preaching the gospel passionately. Imagine one person's persistence, one person's passion in telling the gospel's message caused a ripple effect for many more. Guys, we preach the gospel passionately. If it's not passionately, we're not like, I mean, you have to pass across the message with the love that you have in your heart. Like the love that you know you have received, the friendship that you know you've been brought into. You need to tell that message in that same way, in such a way that it's convincing, in such a way that the hearer hears and is blessed such a way that the hearer hears and is blessed you know there's a scripture in the bible that talks about how you know um where our job yes our, our work is the one to preach but the holy spirit is the one who convinces that's in john how the holy spirit convicts people of judgments you know and then also of righteousness but even though the holy spirit is going to convince them of that we are also still to preach passionately and let and trust the holy spirit to do his work trust the holy spirit to do his work and you know before i move on to the next point there are a few things i really just want to um say in this regard there's a question that i had on my heart when i was growing and you know i didn't particularly feel like i felt like i always had my own baggage to carry and i know that there are a lot of us that are like that you know you feel like things are happening with you here and there and then you're wondering can God use me? Am I actually fit enough to go forth and preach this gospel? Guys, I have a beautiful scripture to read out for you guys. If you're one in that category, I just have one beautiful scripture for you. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
7. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is not from God. Not is from God, sorry, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Guess who is the writer of this passage, Paul? Um, the direct situation that Paul might have been explaining here might not have been the exact same thing. I mean, these were guys that, they were moving from place to place. They were being persecuted. But they had the struggles that they experienced. But did it stop Paul like that? from going forth to preach the gospel no paul still went forth why because he knew that the power he was going forth with was not his it was that of the holy ghost like it was god in him that was strengthening him and strengthening him and enabling him to go forth ahead to preach the gospel for you who is thinking that oh i might not know enough start with what you have right there are people out there who don't even know the little that you you say you know. There are a lot of people, like, they don't know. I tell you, that just God loves you, that you feel like your heart is growing more convinced of. I tell you, there are people out there who don't know it. There are people who don't know it. And, and you need to be conscious of that. Let loose. Don't think it's by your power. You are a fragile clay jar. But you know the one who lives in you? He's the one who has the power of the entire universe. He gives you boldness and he gives you utterance. He, le- he helps you. He teaches you what to do and how to do what you need to do. <laughs> I tell you, he, he <laughs> don't limit the power of the Holy Spirit in helping you in your ministry, in helping you in this walk of you know, preaching the gospel to people. Trust in him and allow him help you. Just trust in him and allow him help you. That's why he's there. He's your helper. Um, yes. And I mean, if you're wondering, okay, so you say that I should just go and preach. The question you're asking yourself is, what is this gospel? What is the gospel that we preach? And I've tried to, but the kid has helped out in making this very simple. Here is the gospel. The gospel is this, God imputes righteousness as a free gift to terrible sinners who put their trust in Christ's atoning death, which saves them from the penalty and power of sin, while giving them a life that never ends. Hallelujah. I'm going to break this down just so you you hear it. I'll say it again so you you hear it in different ways and you understand what exactly it is that you're preaching to people. You're telling them that they have a father, one who loves them so selflessly that he came to die for them in spite of them, such that in his death they are freed from the penalty of sin. And also by believing that he rose, they are, they can be freed or they are freed, sorry, from the power of sin. So I mentioned that they are first freed. The both definitions I just gave, the first one, they are freed from the penalty of sin, right? God is at peace with them. They know that. And then secondly, they are also freed from the power of sin. 
because they identify with his rising. You know, that scripture in Romans that says that now we have risen, we are dead to sin, and we are alive to God. That is the life that we receive when we believe. And we know there's salvation. Like this faith we talk about, this um, gospel we talk about is received by faith. It's, it's just by believing, literally. And then the last thing I'd say is that you want them to also know that God is willing to walk with them every step of their journey to becoming more like Him. Every step of the way. Every step of the way. He's the one who says He will keep. He's the one who says He will keep. Right? And like, I want you to have this in mind, guys. The gospel is powerful. Pastor K said that last week. See the words I just said, very simple. That God is at peace with us. He's no longer angry with us. And he's strengthening us to be more like him. To let go of those old habits that we still are, you know, so, um, um, that, that have weighed us down. That we feel that, like, that we feel are almost impossible to overcome. He's more than willing to walk us through them. And give us the power to live above them. That is the gospel. Very simple, but I tell you, it is powerful. So trust in the gospel. When you go out and you preach this to people, trust in it, right? Trust in it. They will say you are planting a seed. Trust in it. Hallelujah. And then, so I'm going to go straight into the next point. Love. Hallelujah. Love. Um so when I was preparing for this teaching and I was like being prepped, Pastor Key said that we can we can be the ones to sow the seed and then we can also be the ones to water the seed we have sown. Right? Yes, God is the one who gives the increase, but we can be the ones who water those seeds. And how do you water the seed of of you know, you've already preached the gospel with your voice. Right now, how with your words, how do you water the seeds with your actions? With your actions. Guys, love evidently. That's the type, that's the next point. Love evidently. How do you love evidently, guys? Friendship and follow up. That's like a basic summary of what I'm just going to be saying. So there are times when you tell people certain things and yes, at the beginning of it, at the beginning of it, they've heard it. They are excited. I remember myself when I first heard the gospel. Gosh, I jumped for joy. <laughs> I was so happy. But I thank God that the person who preached the gospel to me knew that, you know, he needed to keep on just following up with me because I had more questions. The devil is never relentless in trying to just come at us with, with um, you know, those funny thoughts or things that just want to drain you. Like, he's never happy. He doesn't want... <laughs> that's like his aim in life, to make sure that we don't get to heaven, right? So know that the work doesn't just end in the preaching. Hear your actions come in. Guys, follow up. Build friendships with these people. You know, if it's somebody that you just met on the wayside, you can get their numbers. I mean, if they are willing to release that to you. Somebody that's in school, you guys that are in school right now, that one is even way easier. Just get their room numbers. Pop in randomly. Hi, how are you doing? I just thought of you. See, I t- you don't know how long, how much, I'm sorry, how far those little things you do go. You just ch- like check up on them and say, oh, hi, how are you doing? Right? Yes, they showed that 
eager heart when you first met them. They showed that eager heart to receive. They were excited about it. But, you know, follow up and find out what's happening after then. Check up on them. How are you guys doing? So you would meet certain people. Like, there's some times that you've actually even already preached. For some people, it's even the actions that make them go back to think about what you said. She'll be like, oh, she said this and that. I wrote something down. I'd say it. You are an expression of God's love to the world around you. You are a direct expression. Like, you you show God's love literally to the people around you. And you need to, like, be conscious of it. I've already spoken about how we preach the gospel passionately. It's that heart of love that pushes you to do it in the first place. Now, that love should continue in you following up with them. In you following up with them. I'll talk a bit more about this in the next section. But I want you to have this consciousness guys you have to build friendship like for as many as you can let them see the father's love in you and how you reach out to them how you check up on them you know there's sometimes where you you would meet them god knows and trust the holy spirit's leading don't let him box you you don't know the holy spirit could just tell you to ah you just somebody just comes to your mind ah this person i call the person find out how are you What's up? You'll be surprised at what you would hear. Maybe the person is going through a downtime. The Holy Spirit, he loves to lead us. And it's always great that we receive and are, are conscious of that. Um, conscious of his, 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 the part he wants to play in helping us to be great at ministry, basically. So guys, love. Love evidently. Love evidently. I wrote this down. Effective evangelism and discipleship are often the fruits of genuine friendship. I'd say it again. Effective evangelism and discipleship are often the fruits of genuine fellowship. Sorry, genuine friendship. Genuine friendship, right? And I'll just add one more thing. You might not have been the one to have planted the seed, right? But then you can also water. This is where you can be dogged in evangelism still in watering the seeds that someone else has planted you show them love you write a letter to them in the library had always just laid it in my heart to send this to you guys it's an action of love it's an action of love love evidently love evidently and then last but not least pray fervently pray fervently so i started with the first one preach passionately two love evidently and lastly pray fervently um before i say anything let's just open the scripture james chapter 5 james chapter 5 verse 16 and then that scripture basically just talks about how the sexual servant prayer of a righteous man availed much the sexual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much guys who is the righteous one who is the one that the lord has called righteous we who believe we who are in him right he has called us righteous in him so that's the first checklist right now the next thing the servant effect like so that's the continuous another version we say the continuous prayer like um talking about persevering in the place of prayer for a person it availed much 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 and then the example that is there of elijah 
praying for God to send rain, right? He prayed that the rain should stop and then he prayed that the rain would continue. Now, we are just talking about rain. Now, I'm talking about souls of people, things that transcend till eternity. Guys, you can't underestimate the place of praying for people. And just now, I, I explained how effective your prayer can be. So you might be here and you feel like, you know, you preach to someone and you felt like a closed door. But guys, I tell you, pray. Pray for these people. Pray for these people. You don't know, like, in the place of prayer, things happen. A lot of things happen. I'll tell you, I remember when I was growing in my 300 level, I I happened to meet this young lady and, you know, I just I, I was I was I was privileged to be in a position of leadership over her, right? That's kind of like how we met. And so I spoke with her about God and God's love, and it was great. I was excited. I mean, I was a growing Christian. I didn't know everything, and then she'd come to me day in day out. There's always it seemed like there was always something going wrong, right? Um, her mom and dad were fighting. Her dad fell ill. It was like one bad event after the other. A lot of things threatening to steal that. So, you know, when you preach the gospel, the devil is, he's trying to question who God, like, they, they know that, okay, they've, they've probably heard from me that God is good. But what happens when the reality that they see around them doesn't match up with that news that you have told them, right? Doubt comes in. They begin to question a lot of things. If God is good, how do I do these things? I tell you, at that point in time, I probably didn't even know how to descend as much as I should have and as much as I do now, and I thank God for that. But right at that point in time, what could I do for her? I could pray for her. Guys, we would pray. Every time she comes and I'm lost and I don't know what to say to her anymore, I just say, girl, let's pray. And we will pray. And guys, see, things happen. She will live with peace. I became someone that she would want to always come to talk to when things happen, right? And this girl is growing. Like, I check up on her randomly. The last I heard of her, she became the head, like, of that service. It was in the service unit. She's now the head of the service unit, also leading others. Yes, I sowed. I watered. And I know many more people are still watering in her life at this point in time. But you just need to go ahead and trust God. You just really need to go ahead and trust God. Take that leap of faith with them. This is, this is just one of many examples of people that I have been privileged to, you know, preach the gospel to. And then they will come back to me when things aren't going so great. And I'll be like, let's pray, guys. Let's just pray. And those little times that we would sit and pray, things happen. God backs up his word with miracles, I tell you. He backs up his word with miracles. So, don't be shy to pray. Pray. Don't be scared to pray. Pray. And pray fervently. You pray with them. Even when they're not there, you pray for them. There are some ways you might even be trying to reach out to them and then it feels like they're not listening. Pray. <laughs> pray. Uh, I would say one last example before I move on to the next section. Um, I think there was this young man as well that I used to talk with, and then we would talk, like hours of conversation, we would, we would um, study God's word. He, I knew he knew these things. But then after a while, he just said he wanted to close up. Like he said that, you know, he's tired of opening up, that there's so much happening around him. Guys, his boy literally said, treating me like trash. He would see me in calf and he would be like, who are you talking to? Who is talking to you? He would walk out to me. I'm like, my life. Hey, God. <laughs> 
um, I feel like I'm even getting ahead of myself, but point is, I remember that during that period, there was a day I was sitting in my room and I was just praying, and then he came to mind, and this song was playing, God who is mighty to save, says there's no mountain he can't move. You need to trust in the one you are, you know, talking about. He loves that person even more than you do. And when they say the Lord is recklessly chasing his people, guys, don't think he isn't. And you need to trust that he is. So when you go to him in the place of prayer with these people in mind, know that he's listening. And he's, he's changing things in their hearts, right? He's, he's turning their hearts for the good. And now, ah, uh, he too is a testimony. That, that's all I can say. He's such a testimony. He's the one leading others, encouraging others in the faith. Encouraging others in the faith. So guys, we can do this. We can. And it's not by our power. It's by the Holy Spirit's help within us. And then there's also wisdom for what you need to do. Very quickly, I'm going to jump into the next um, section of this teaching. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about the people, different kinds of people that you would meet in our journey to being dogged, right? The different kinds of people that you would meet um, and how we can be dogged to them. How, how can I be dogged to these people? How can I show my doggedness in, in evangelism with these people? And so I categorize them into about five people, roughly. And I'll talk about the first category, to the atheists or the agnostics. Um, if you don't know who an atheist is, an atheist is an atheist is one who doesn't even believe that God exists. They don't believe like they don't believe at all. And then the agnostic is the one. Hey, just like I believe. Well, I don't particularly. Be, they don't necessarily believe in a religion, but they know that there is a supreme being. But guys, you should know. Like we all know by now that it's not just about believing that there is a God. It is what you believe about God that you know really matters, right? And so these people, how can you be dogged to them? A couple of these people, they have their logic, right? They have the intellect. They, they tell you, oh, they have their facts, this and this and this and this and this. And how can you be dogged in evangelism with these people rather than being able to come to them on the plane with which they're coming to you on? That place of you two getting your facts right. And being able to have that intellectual conversation with them. You're not arguing with them, but you're conversing with them and helping them reason. Even the things that they are using to come against you. You're using those same science. What would they come with? You're using those things to explain the Bible, to explain the faith. And, you know, your response in this is, yes, you might not have all the answers right, right? But then you show your persistence in that, you know, they have questions. You say, I might not have the answer to that now, but I will go back and you study. You ask questions, you research, and then you go back and meet the person. I'm like, yes, I'm ready to continue on this conversation with you. Are you going to be praying through this? Yes, definitely. But then sometimes these people just need to, beyond all reasonable doubts, understand and know that the one that you call God, the one we call God and the one we serve is the true God and is the God who, who is worth serving or is the one who has called them into a life of love. And a lot of these people still have backgrounds. So yes, they might come up, come off all defensive. There's usually a reason. Some of them have, you know, emotional, um, um, past that might have led them to that conclusion, especially for the atheists. You want to still approach them with love. 
You want them to know that you take them pee and that you're intentional about them coming to like coming into the fold because you understand the weight of what is happening, right? So how do you, first Peter three fifteen says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason for the hope that you have that is in you with meekness, guys. We need to be ready to defend our faith. And so now, even before you've met these people, you can start by studying. Ha, ah, okay, what is there to study? You go, go back, like read up on random things. Now, this place, yes, I mentioned atheists and agnostics, but I also want you to add people in other religions on that, cause I, I'm trying to put them all off under the, put them all under the same bracket. The Muslims, like go and study what it is that these people believe in and understand why it is not Christianity and understand how you can preach the gospel to them. That is you being prepared to give a defense for your faith, right? I tell you, even in going on these things, you are blessed and you are blessed to bless others, right? Okay, that's one, to be atheist. The next category of people I'm going to talk about are the churchgoers, to the churchgoers. Um, I say this because I have to add this here because you know there are times where you say that ah uh, everybody everybody's going to church this 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 there are people who go to church but they just go to fulfill that religious you know I should do this I should do that but they they really don't understand what is going on they don't understand. So don't make any assumptions. Don't say that, oh, this person is already fine because this person is here. If the Holy Spirit really will just lead your heart to speak with a person within your church, please go ahead. I tell you, if this person is already saved, the person will be blessed. If the person is not saved, the person becomes saved. It's a win-win situation. Do you get? So don't, 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 um, shrink back and don't make assumptions. Go ahead and just preach the good news. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Um, I know of people, even within the church, I was reading this article and this guy was saying that, you know, he was, he was studying as, okay, he was, he was, he went into Oxford, right? He's one of those intellectual people, but he knew that something was off and that kind of thing tweaked him, like off with, you know, the cycles of poverty and hunger and how, you know, People need to find an identity. It, it was a lot of thoughts going through his mind. And then he knew that he had to, you know, there had to be something more. That's the basic thing I'm trying to say. And then this guy goes ahead and goes into school of theology. He's, he's reading up on stuff. And then he actually starts going to a church. This guy is not, he's not fully convinced, right? But he's just going, like he's trying to understand. He, his mind was just open to understanding what what's happening here. And then he said someone gave him a book from C.S. Lewis. Who knows? The Holy Spirit probably just led him. He probably thinks he has been in church for the past three months. He should probably... And this person just gave him a book. And he said he read that book. And he was in his room when he knelt down and prayed and received the life of Christ. Guys, make no assumptions. And the Holy Spirit leads you to do something for someone. Even if you feel the person is so (laughs) Jim Jim and firebrand. Don't (laughs) make no assumptions, guys. Go ahead and just preach the gospel. You know, tell the person. You might have not even... That, that's if the Holy Spirit is leading you to someone of that regard. Let me not box you. Point I'm trying to say is, to the churchgoers, still preach and preach in love. Don't think that, you know, they have it all figured out. Like I said earlier, if they do, 
if they have the gospel already, they are blessed again. For if they don't, they become saved. I'm going straight to the next point, to the doubters. To the doubters. <sighs> I really love this one because this one, it, it, it touches home. It touches home, sorry. Um, you know, there are people out there who they know, right? You encounter certain people who know. So maybe they, they had a church, um, a church background, but things happened with them. You know, things just stuff happened. See, bad stuff happens and it shakes people's faith. It shakes, like, it shakes a lot. The devil is, <laughs> he's a bastard devil, I must say. Mind my language, please, but he's always trying to twist things. He's never excited when people, you know, grow to know God. He's always trying to bring them down, basically. And so things like this brings, um, da brings doubt to people's hearts. You have people questioning a lot of things. Some people who have that family um, Christian background around them, but then they are seeing the evil in the world and they are just wondering, like, if God is here, how would how would um how, why would there be so much evil in the world, right? Or you see somebody who has even been on the faith with you. These ones very common. Not, let me not say very common, but that, like people that have been, they were gingered with you along the line. So they were gingered with you from the start. But then along the line, something just happened and then their faith is shaking. And then you hear them saying things like, you know, um, is God even real? <laughs> then is not the time to come off a condemnation to these people. Guys, Jude 1.22 says, Dear brother and sister, if another believer is overcome by some, sorry, and you must, that's, sorry, misquote. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Have compassion to those who are in doubt. Like, be there to, be that sounding board for them. The one who would explain it to them again. And just, you know, tell them that, yes, I know. Let's look through this together. Your patience with them, going through it step by step. Hear the things that are on their mind and be the one who is reiterating God's love to them. Reminding them of God's goodness. Praying with them and helping them out. I said that this touches close to home because, you know, even after growing to know the gospel properly in my 100 level and being excited, 200 level, I mean, we were going out, preaching the gospel to people, strengthening the faith of others. When I was alone in like, so 300 to 400 level, there, were, there was a tendency for people to just look at me and be like, ah, this damn girl, she's right, like high up there and stuff like that, you know, doing all these things for the Lord and for the gospel. And then here I was really having a lot of, you know, doubts in that particular season of my life. I was, I was, uh, a lot was just going on. I was questioning God's goodness to me at that point in time because um, like I said, uh, I, I think I found myself in situations that, that just didn't show God's goodness. Like I said, the devil is a bastard devil. So I remember speaking with P.K. during one of those times and he, 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 he was one, one sounding board that reiterated God's love to me, reiterated God's goodness. And he was like, see, damn, you need to be able to extend grace to yourself, right? And those were some of the things I just needed to hear. I just really needed to hear that someone understood that someone, you know, I, I, as in, I was not alone, that I, I, I wasn't, um, out of, I wasn't crazy, so to say, right? And then it's be that person to those people, the one who would encourage them. 
And I'm so glad that I'm where I am now. Fellowship and God's goodness and faithfulness has brought me thus far. And I'm ever grateful for that. But you, you have that place. You can be the one who is encouraging that brother, who is encouraging that sister and reminding her of what is true, who is taking our time to pray for her or pray for him, that, 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 that God's love is, is, you know, revealed in their hearts in a larger and a deeper way, a way that they've never seen it before, that they are more convinced, guys. Our work never finishes in this dogged thing. And like, I'm just saying all these things to help you see that you can always, always be a channel of blessing and a channel of God's love to the people around you in sowing the seed and even in watering the seed, in watering the seed. Um, and then this would take me right to my last point. Sorry, no, not my last point, to the second to the last point, to the one who is struggling, to the one who is struggling. Um, it's similar to the one who is in doubt, but it's not so similar. The one who is in doubt might just be questioning who God is and questioning God's goodness because of things happening around them. But then the one who is in, the one who is struggling, maybe is one who has experienced the grace of God. But then they probably still have that sin. There's, there's a weight, a sin that they keep going back into. And it is in that time that the devil will want to come and tell them and make them feel like, you know, they can't get out of this. Maybe salvation isn't for them. Maybe they are not truly saved. And then many times as believers, the easy thing to do, I tell you, the easy thing to do is to just see your brother or your sister who is backsliding in a certain way. And then you look at them with eyes of contempt, like after everything they've had. We grew together on the same mentee. Or so under the same mentor, but ah, this person have what can she on here? Oh my show. So that's your rubber for sitting as backsliding. Look at the person with eyes of like pity or eyes of condemnation. Guys, if we do that, if we who are supposed to be their family are the ones doing that, then the world accepts them. And if the world is where they are finding the acceptance, then definitely they would keep on going in that scene. You need to help these people see that they have a family. They have people who they can be vulnerable with. There's someone who accepts them irrespective of their flaws. Someone who they can open up with and someone who can even hold them accountable. So you're hearing it's not just to leave them there, but to encourage them and as well, and also to help them be better. Right? You're praying for them. A beautiful scripture that I love, I absolutely love, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6 from verse 1 to 2 says, Dear brother and sister, if another believer is overcome by some sin, what did they say? If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, should gently and humbly help that person onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself you know i like that ending phrase but my major emphasis is even the beginning part gently and humbly with love guys with love some people really just need to see that they're not condemned. Like some people even already condemn themselves without you condemning them. So what use is it is what use is it if you yourself if you are actually confirming their doubts that every other person that looks on them is looking on them with an eye, with eyes of condemnation. You need to let them know because God loves them unconditionally. God is not just going to stop loving them because of that sin they made. His own is that they don't stay there and you're the one who would help them 
see that they don't have to stay there. That they can come out of there. That they have power in Christ to come out of there. Right? We are dogged to these ones as well. We are dogged to these ones as well. And, you know, I, I really hope this is, this is stirring your hearts. You probably have somebody in mind, sincerely, that you might have even acted out in, in, you, you've looked at them in contempt. I tell you this, like, I hope this is stirring your hearts to, to just reach out to them and, and, and show them love. Let them know that they are still accepted. God loves them, right? Who are we not to? Who are we not to? And yeah, so, and then I'll move on to my last point because time is, is, is moving very quickly. So the ones who couldn't care less. <laughs> so the ones who couldn't care less. We've spoken about the atheists, the churchgoers, the doubters, the ones who are struggling. Now we're talking about the ones who wouldn't care less. These are the ones that, you know, they are most likely the easy ones to see. And um, there's a scripture that, you know, when Jesus was telling the disciples to go, when he was giving them the great commission that they should go forth and, um, you know, preach the gospel to people. He said that if they don't receive you, dust your feet and move on to the next house. And a lot of people will just take that statement and feel like, you know, ah, the Lord said, make me they dust our feet and they, they go. Like, if you really study the character of Christ, the life that Jesus lived here on earth, you would see that it wasn't one that just dusted feet and gave up on people. Nah. Well, they had a lot of people to go to evangelize with, right? So you leave them and then you move move on to the next person. But then, you know, are you condemning them because they didn't receive you? Rather, have a heart of compassion because they don't know Remember when Jesus was about to die and these people that he had lived with, right? He had done miracles amongst. A lot of them were still the ones who, who shouted, crucify him. They're the ones who still turned their backs on him. And then right there and then he said, Father, please forgive them for they know not what they are doing. If these people knew any better, I tell you, they won't do the things that they, they're doing to you. Like they won't have reacted in that way. If they understood the true context of what was happening, you know, they won't do that. So in the end, you're still looking on them with eyes of love. Let them see, see, love, but either it's love or nothing. That's it with us. Either love or nothing. We're not going to just look at them and leave them. Like, yes, they might not give you the right of way to continue with them, but that doesn't stop you from praying for them. That doesn't stop you from, you know, still showing love to them. You see them outside the next day, and maybe they're even in trouble, and like, ah, maybe you rejected my help this first time. Guys, that's the time to show love the more. That's the time to show love the more. You, <laughs> I said it, love or nothing. We do it with love, or we do it, we don't do it at all. That's who we are. We are a family of love, and we show this love to the people around us. So to the ones who wouldn't care less, we love them still. We love them still. We love them still. And, you know, there's a scripture that I, I started with that I believe really sums up this entire dogged, like, you know, nature of, of evangelism and discipleship, which is love. Um, first Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13. It says, 
love is patient love is kind i talk let me let me talk about that love is patient very quickly before i continue reading because this is my closing scripture you know there i remember there was a time i was thinking about it there's something called there's endurance right and then there is patience they're a bit different so maybe somebody um they might not be so different but this it was just funny when i was thinking about it that day if somebody steps on me i'm enduring it's like i'm counting it for you my cooler like i have it i have it i'm just piling it up for you that kind of thing i'm sorry i'm using a lot of your but guys please pardon me it just means that like i'm i'm just keeping it like i'm just keeping it for you that's how endurance felt to me but you know patience patience no, doesn't just endure but loves while enduring patience loves while enduring so yes you're doing these things but i'll be patient with you i'm not counting it i'm not keeping it in a cooler for you so that when the thing becomes full i will burst no i am letting go as soon as the the, the actions come towards me as soon as you put up those false actions towards me i'm letting it go i'm letting it go and um you know Colossians chapter 3 says that we should make allowance for people's faults. We are making allowance for them. So even before the faults come, we have already made allowance for it. We have already told ourselves that, see, as in I'm going to love regardless. I'm going to love regardless. Right? So that's, that's what patience is. And I tell you, in, in, in discipling, in, in evangelizing, in growing people, you need to develop patience. You definitely need to develop patience. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. You can go back and read the entire scripture, right? But that love is patient, that's one of the major things I wanted to emphasize. Those teach with the characteristics of love. If you go further down, it says love doesn't keep record of wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so because we are people who have God's love poured in our hearts, we don't too. We are patient. We are patient with people. And I'd say this in closing. God is patient with you. You know yourself. You know the struggles you've had. You know the things that you've had to deal with. And all the times you would run back to him and, you know, just lean into his grace again and rest in his love. How much more when it comes to being patient with your fellow brother and sister in being dogged, guys. God is patient with you, so you can also be patient with them. God loves you, so you can also love them. Right? Hallelujah. Um, so this is where we've actually come to the end of the teaching. And I really hope you were blessed. I really do. I really hope your heart has been stirred to love people more. I really hope your heart has been, you know, instructed on being patient, even with the ones that you're discipling, even with the ones that you're discipling. So right now, I want you to close your eyes and recognize that there is grace. There is grace. Yes, I've said a lot of things that might seem hard to accomplish. You're like, ah, how? Like, how? How do I do this? Your question might even be from the start. How do I go about this evangelism thing from the start? The Holy Spirit is with you. And I said this at the beginning of the teaching that as even as the word is going forth, many are receiving grace to be dogged, to, 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 you know, 
to be dogged in evangelism. So right now, I just want you to open up your mouth and begin to pray. And receive God's grace. Receive God's strength. Receive God's leading. <laughs> even as you go about being dogged with evangelism. Even as you go about um, carrying ministry. Um, going about ministry with this dogged approach. Receive grace. I'm the one who would persevere. I'm the one who would continue. I'm the one who would give my life for this cause of the gospel. Because I understand its weight. I know that people need to grow to know God more. And so I will be dogged. I will be dogged until they know. Until they know. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Daddy, for everyone who has listened and who has heard. Thank you, Daddy, for the great friendships that come off as a result of this teaching. Thank you for the love renewed in the hearts of many from this teaching. Thank you for those who have received fresh grace for ministry to go out, not just to attain the popularity or the status, but to go about doing this ministry with sincerity of heart, with the eternity of people at heart, with your dreams at heart, doing this with all they have and giving it all they've got. Because we would sow and we would also water. We would sow seeds and we would also water them. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy, for the strength and grace you've given. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives within us. I thank you because of the lives that are going to be blessed from this. Daddy says that there is going to be a ripple effect. You might feel like it's just one or two or three that you're reaching out to. But I tell you, those... Two or three would reach thousands. They would reach many, 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 many more. We will multiply. We will multiply. Many will be saved as a result of your obedience. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy, because your word has gone forth and grace has been released. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. Whew, hallelujah, glory. <laughs> um, I feel like there's so much love in the air. You know, many, many are scared to love more. Many are scared to love more. And that will be the case. That will be the case for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, so I just want to welcome very quickly. Um, if you're worshipping with us for the first time, I want you to just signify in the chat. We want to welcome you very, very specially with our Swipe family, you know, virtual hugs and handshakes and fist bumps and high fives. Yes, I'm really looking forward to hear of people who are just coming, you know, if this is your first time here. If this is your first time fellowshipping with us as a family, please signify. We're really, really looking forward to it welcoming you with our jesus hugs and jesus you know blessings and you know just drawing you into the family right that's that's majorly it um yes okay and while we wait for someone to join in um i want to give a very brief announcement as well so yes i know a lot of us are adjusting to this shift but i trust it's a great one you guys are the reasons why we are even having bible study on sunday by 5 p.m because we want everybody to be able to join in we don't want anyone to have any excuse so next week just invite more people 
Bible study is by 5 p.m. on Sundays and Ignite is by 7 p.m. on Tuesdays and Fridays. Let's pray for these people. Let's pray for them. And there's something super exciting is happening this coming week and in the next week. Guys, guys, I really hope you guys are excited about this one. Let me tell you. Drum roll. <laughs> um, we're going to be praying and fasting together. We're going to be praying and fasting together. So, guys, please, we're fasting together every day from tomorrow till the next two weeks right and then we'll be praying together on tuesdays and fridays um during ignite in short more information on this is going to go out so um just look at look forward to joining the um the telegram group chat for <laughs> for um more information on the um fasting right that's what we call it fasting prayer and fasting it's just not just fasting we're going to be praying so it's going to be an awesome time i trust yes um so <laughs> we're rounding off now and my lovely people i want you all to join me to share the fire grace um please let's help it in the chat section so some people don't bite off their tongues while saying it um but yeah i'll just start for we are sons of god heirs of salvation we are born of the spirit for we have been saved by his for we are saved by his death and raised by his life. And we live in him, by him, and for him forever. Why? Because we have been vivified. Sorry. I'm so excited. But yeah, I really hope you enjoyed saying that with me. We are sons of God, heirs of salvation, born of his spirit. For we have been saved by his death and raised by his life. And we live in him and he lives in us forever. For we have been, because we have been vivified. Yes. Guys, have a wonderful evening ahead. I love you all super, super, super much. Yes. Don't forget to invite more people for next week. Um, I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.